This is the Marching Health Audio Experience. The seven ways you are literally hurting your band members. And this has actually you know, been something we presented at several MEAs and um, national conferences across the country. Marcus was there for one of them <laughs> in South Carolina. And we have talked to his student leadership teams about it. And then we've adjusted it along the way to make it as practical as possible. So everybody thinks they're doing the right things or maybe they don't physically. They know that there's some red flags that we've got to um, address. And we want you to know what those mistakes are, be able to identify them, and then also be able to take some practical steps to make sure that you know what to do to make sure your students are the healthiest and they are performing at an optimal level. So number one that we talk about anytime um, we are going through and teaching a program is making sure that they're doing a proper warm-up and not just doing a typical stretch routine where everybody comes to the center of the field, has the drum major lead them through a sit-down stretch that lasts for 10 or 15 minutes and is slow. It makes everything start sluggishly as far as rehearsal etiquette goes. And then also scientifically doesn't have a ton of research behind it. There's actually pretty good evidence to say that static stretching or what we call um, static stretching, which is going and just bending over and trying to touch your toes for 30 seconds or doing a buddy calf stretch. Those things decrease your strength and power for up to an hour after you do them. So that's less beneficial physically than doing some alternative movements to be able to get blood flow into your body and make you a very um, effective athlete on the field. Because a lot of us are starting to realize based on seeing what goes on in the BOA and DCI and WGI worlds that these performers are world-class athletes. So instead of doing that, we recommend doing a dynamic stretch, which is using movement to get blood flowing and to get you comfortable and actually get your muscles primed for rehearsal. Taking everyone through a dynamic stretch tended to increase students' performance as long as that dynamic warm-up or dynamic stretch got them um, prepared for the specific things that they were going to do on the field. So you want your physical warm-up when your band takes the field to look like what they're going to do during rehearsal. So that is number one. Number two, the second mistake that a lot of groups make is doing too much running. Just because your show is eight to 10 minutes long does not mean you have to make your band go out there and run for eight to, min eight to 10 minutes straight. In fact, doing steady state cardio like that isn't necessarily even beneficial for you to some degree. That's something that's gonna help you run you know, a mile race or a 5K or a marathon, but that's not necessarily what your heart rate goes through during an actual marching band show. So when you are on the field performing and you're in rehearsal, you have an opener. The opener's at a set tempo. You can go through that opener and have a couple tempo changes within it. So your heart has to be used to that. You can't just go run at a steady state the whole time. Then you go down and you do a um, ballad, which slows you down, that takes your heart rate down a notch. You need to be able to adapt to that. And your body needs to be used to that thing. And then when you speed things up in the closure, which we usually do, you need to be ready to do that. <clears throat> so instead of doing just eight to 10 minutes of static running, 
or you know a steady jogging pace, we recommend going through and doing some interval training. What I mean by interval training is have your students do something as simple as set a timer and do a 30 second sprint. So really going all out and follow that with a 30 second walk or a 30 second slow jog. That way they get used to moving their feet at different tempo, which comes in handy when you're actually teaching marching later on. And they need to be able to accommodate for changes in energy while they are on the field. That also helps them get some heart rate variability in. Like we talked about, just like your tempos change during your show, so does your heart rate, so does your breathing. You need to be able to learn how to breathe while you are doing that. So it's not just too much running, it's how you run. And you don't have to go run every time that you have a practice. So there may be some bands who you've been around in the past, you may have been in one of these bands or made the mistake of having your students start every day with a set amount of running and then started to see this plateau um, occur during the season or even see injuries creep in. That can be due to overuse or doing the same thing too much in a row. You probably have been around groups where all of a sudden kids got shin splints out of nowhere. And it just seems like you know, three or four students are having to sit out because they're hurting too much to be able to march like they want to. So make sure that you are dosing them appropriately. I call it exercise dosage. Just like you take medicine, you have to take a set dosage or you'll have certain side effects. If you take too much of that medication, you're going to have negative consequences. If you take too little, you're not actually going to get any effects from it. So when we talk about exercise for your students, they have to get enough to make a difference. They got to be strong enough to hold their horn. They have to have the physical endurance to go through their show. You don't want to do too little because it won't matter. And then you'll be wasting your time. You don't want to do too much because then they'll be beaten down and they won't be able to rehearse at a high level or they'll be having some injuries occur. So make sure you are dosing your exercise. Remember this phrase, exercise is medicine. Exercise is the best medicine. Make sure you are dosing that appropriately. Don't start off with too much too soon. So number, four, uh, number three, number three on the seven ways you are literally hurting your member is ramping up too quickly. Take that dosage and you need a ramp up with it. There are a lot of medications out there where you have to ramp up dosage. You can't take the full dose all at once. Make sure that you're doing the same thing with the conditioning and training approaches that you take for your band, your winter guard, your winter percussion, or your drum corps. One of the biggest mistakes that we see groups make is that they just start band camp at nine hour days or you know, three a days out of nowhere where they haven't had anything all summer from May until into July. And then when July rolls around, they say, all right, nine to nines are starting this week. And it's like a smack in the face for every member involved if that member hasn't done a progressive training program throughout the summer, which most of them have not, as you probably already know. So we want to make sure that you are not ramping up too quickly because that's when those overuse injuries come into play. That's when the shin splints start. That's when the tendonitis starts. That's when kids are too deconditioned to be able to get through a rehearsal. There's a what's called a climatization phase, meaning your body has to learn how to get acclimated to the 
amount of exercise and activity you're doing and also to the, the environment you're in. So take marching band for an example. There's a one to two weeks, seven to 14 day phase where you have to learn to adapt to heat again. So if you were starting out outdoors, you know, going full tilt right off the bat and you haven't done a, an, any sort of outdoor training prior to that, the students aren't going to be ready for the heat and you're going to put them at risk for some of the major actual issues for young people, which is heat exhaustion and heat stroke. It's one of the top um, or most deadly um, emergencies, medical emergencies that occur on the sports fields in young athletes. So you're putting them at exposure for heat issues or in the case of indoor, you're trying to go from, you know, a Friday night or sorry, having them not be there Monday to Friday if it's an independent group to rehearsing nonstop Saturday all on their feet and then wondering why everybody's so groggy and exhausted on Sunday. Those first couple weekends, you might have to go slow progressing them into that. And it really depends on what your schedule is going to be because everybody's different. But think about how you can actually ramp up into the season. That may not mean doing the classic three to four hour visual block the first you know, weekend that you get to go into normal rehearsal mode. You may have to distribute the hours of your schedule differently as your rehearsal season goes along. So if you took a band camp schedule, that may mean we shorten the, the uh, morning visual block and give them an hour of something else at the end or at the beginning, um, probably at the end as the day is getting hotter so that they aren't overwhelmed with what their body is experiencing. And then as the week or two of band camp goes along, you can lengthen that out and then even take a little bit towards the end of camp once they become more acclimated and get in better shape and get their bodies used to the, the total shock that is happening at that moment. One funny aside from that is um, Evan Woods is a, a friend of mine who was out with Blue Knights back in 2019. And we're talking about the overuse injuries that occur in the drum corps world during spring training, because you obviously go from doing whatever you were in college to being on a campus somewhere, rehearsing all day, every day. And that takes a huge toll on the body. So the first week or two is really rough as far as seeing overuse injuries crop in. But because he was in Colorado with the Blue Knights, they got snowed in early on in spring training. Nobody has that problem in spring training unless you're in Colorado. So they got snowed in and literally couldn't go outside and do the normal visual rehearsal schedule. And then a week in, realized, you know what? We're not having these overuse injuries that we've had in the past. Thank you, Snow, for letting us stay in for that first week and get used to being on our feet before we take off and do full-blown rehearsal days. Number four is not giving your students enough sleep. This goes back to what Marcus was talking about earlier with band director burnout. First off, making sure that you are getting enough sleep so that you don't burn out. But not getting enough sleep for your members is one of the worst things that you can do for their performance. It's one of the worst things that you can do for their physical health. I posted a poll on our Instagram story and our Twitter uh, a couple weeks back and was asking what people thought was the greatest predictor of injury for young athletes and young performers, young uh, performing artists. And the, the choices were not having done proper conditioning beforehand, not having the right diet, uh, not warming up before a rehearsal or not getting enough sleep the night before. 
the correct answer, the most impactful criteria, or most impactful factor in predicting injury risk is did you get enough sleep the night before? This is a shocker to me when I was going and doing research for one of our presentations on this. The number, I think off the top of my head, it was like 2.7 times more likely to get injured if you haven't gotten quality sleep the night before, whether that is a long rehearsal day or a performance day in comparison to um, those who do get enough sleep. And that's a big deal, especially in the winter seasons when we're independent groups are trying to squeeze in everything into a weekend. And that means sometimes cutting sleep to four or five hours, sometimes less, so that you can get back up the next morning and start rehearsal all over again. That is one of the most important pieces. Sleep is one of the most important pieces to preventing injuries in these students and keeping them healthy. You have to prioritize that from an administrative perspective and look at what's coming, especially if it's in a, re a rehearsal weekend because you are in control of how that weekend schedule goes more so than, you know, sometimes we have an early slot competitively and we just have to get up at a ridiculous hour to travel. That, I get that. There's got to be a balancing act there. But on rehearsal weekends, prioritize sleep. Teach your members to prioritize sleep because young people don't like to sleep. They like to stay up with their friends, especially if it's their first time seeing each other in a week or two or when they come back to winter ensembles for the first time since the previous season. They want to stay up late, go to Waffle House and all that. Make sure that they understand how valuable sleep is going to be for their enjoyment in the process. Sleep is a critical factor for me as a physical therapist talking to people who have injuries or have dealt with pain because sleep impacts your mood. If you've had a very ornery um, ensemble rehearsal, double check, make sure that those students are getting enough sleep because halfway through their day, if they're not getting enough sleep, they're going to hit a wall. You're going to be frustrated with how much, with the lack of progress you're able to make because a lack of sleep is going to impact their mental performance more than anything else. A lack of sleep is also going to impact their perceptions of pain. So this is an interesting pain science component to this. If you have someone who's dealing with a, an, a nagging injury, an ankle sprain, or they're always putting you know, tape on their knees because they have a knee issue, a lack of sleep is going to exacerbate their perception of that pain. Getting sleep is going to help them recover from those injuries. So if you're doing some conditioning with them and you're really working them hard and pounding it and trying to get them in shape for the season, but you're not giving them sleep, that's not helping them recover. One of the people that we're closely associated with, the physical therapy groups, posted a funny video of the proper post-workout supplement that someone should have. And they had all these protein bars out on the counter and protein shakes and uh, workout mixes and smoothies and then threw it all off the counter because that stuff doesn't matter if you're not getting the proper amount of sleep. So after a big rehearsal day, your bodies are exhausted. You've been working your muscles. You've been working your brain. You have to get sleep to keep your students healthy and not be causing more damage than it's worth. Next, number five is rehearsing barefoot. This is really geared towards the indoor groups. Outdoor, obviously, you need shoes on and you need good supportive shoe wear. So maybe I should have called this improper shoe wear or footwear to begin with. But rehearsing barefoot 
is dangerous for your students because the rehearsal spaces that we get in the marching arts are not ideal. You may say, well, in my dance class, we always kicked our shoes off and rehearsed barefoot. What type of floor were you on? Many dance studios offer the luxury of a sprung floor where there is that support to give you the lift back up and it's okay to be barefoot in those environments. That's not the case in the local middle school cafeteria where your winter guard is rehearsing and it's a concrete floor. Those are not the same things. We talk with um, another social media influencer, Doctors for Dancers, and they posted some research on the difference between sprung floors and regular floors and how much that changes the forces that are going through your joints. We are setting our students up for failure if we're having them rehearse all day, especially if you're doing weekend schedules where it's Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and you're doing all of that time barefoot on a concrete floor. Think about your joints. That's your foot here, tibia, your shin bone, your femur, the bone above your knee, that big thigh bone, and then your hips coming down like this. If you don't have proper support down here, proper support at the foot level, everything above that gets altered slightly. And when you are doing explosive movements, such as the choreography demands, or the show demands of Winter Guard, or you're doing explosive crabbing, quick direction changes in indoor percussion or indoor winds, and your students are not appropriately dressed from a footwear perspective, there's going to be issues that crop in. There's a reason that KT tape gets dealt out before rehearsal like a currency. We got to put an end to that. You can set your students up for success much better if you have the proper shoe wear on. That's going to eliminate a lot of the overuse injuries that you see out there. Now, you may say, hey, look, for our show, for our surfaces that we're on, and just for the actual show concept, we're going to be barefoot this year. That's fine. Just please make sure that that doesn't consume every waking hour for your students during their rehearsal week. So as you do this, say if you're a color guard and you're practicing just some basic standing still fundamentals or your percussion and you're going through more of the music side of things, have them put their shoes back on for those blocks. You may need to look at that, the schedule and break down when shoes are on and when shoes are off so that you can keep your students healthy throughout the season. Now for marching band, shoe wear is a big issue. You know this if you're a band director, if you've marched before, not having the proper shoe wear is detrimental to your ability to stay on the field and stay in rehearsal. If you're coming to, to band with improper shoe wear, whether that's something that's just not supportive or you forget the right shoes one day to change out of and you're walking out walking around in flip-flops or Sperry's or Crocs or cowboy boots. I've seen the whole spectrum, I promise. I wouldn't throw these suggestions out there if it wasn't something we hadn't seen already. That's gonna set you up for failure and set you up, put you at risk for injury if you don't have the, what is gonna support your foot, your leg, and your entire body above that. So what shoes should you be wearing? A lot of people are like, well, you told us you know, what not to wear, but what to wear is really the important part, right? You need to make sure first off that the shoes you wear are comfortable on your own feet. Don't go look at a list of top 10 shoes for whatever X, Y, or Z, top 10 shoes for running, top 10 shoes for band and say, all right, I'm going to go buy the number one or number two shoe on that list. If it doesn't fit good on your foot and doesn't feel good, it's not going to work well. 
You have to make sure that what you are purchasing, what you're putting on your feet feels good for your foot. Also, make sure that you are able to put the appropriate mileage on it. I worked in high school to save up for my one year of drum corps and I happened to work in a shoe store, which coincidentally became one of the best decisions because I would get 40% off of whatever shoe I wanted to have. That's an excellent suggestion to make to your students. If you know they need to go fund themselves for some shoes coming into the marching band season, see if there's a local shoe store, a local sporting goods store that is hiring for some summer help that would help them be able to afford the better shoes. You're gonna get what you invest in. So make sure that you are looking at the um, best options for you, best options for your budget. And honestly, what some of it is a little bit of a color choice too. The most popular shoe color out there is black and black attracts the heat. It's gonna heat your foot up. I, when I marched Spirit of Atlanta, had one pair of like light blue shoes and one pair of solid black shoes. I hated the days that I put the black shoes on my feet because my feet were burning up. I got a ton of blisters, it hurt to march. It was nasty. Don't even cross that bridge. Try to get some light shoe colors, get shoes that are supportive for you, get shoes that feel good. Asics are a great brand, Brooks are a good brand. There's some good Nikes out there. There's some bad Nikes out there too. So be careful what you're doing. Um, Sauconies are, are great, Hoka's are good. Make sure that those shoes feel good to you. And if you can afford it or you know, ask for Christmas or ask someone else to help you fund this, try to get more than one pair. There's actually some really good research that shows if you have more than one pair of shoes, when you're involved in sports or physical activities, you have a lower risk of injury because your foot and your lower leg is adapting to multiple sources of input. That helps it in the long run. It's almost like workout wise, if you only went and ran one distance all the time, you would only be adapted to that distance versus if you also did some cross training at the same time, that would help you overall and be more holistic in your approach to fitness and training. Next mistake is teaching muscle imbalances. We often get in the habit of doing the same exercise over and over. One of the things that we were guilty of in high school was using push-ups as punishment. And the irony is that when kids are out there doing push-ups after a bad rep, they're just strengthening their pecs. They're tightening up their pec muscles. That pulls their shoulders forward. And they're usually not doing them right either, right? They're, they're doing really poor push-ups that look more like chin-ups or neck-ups. If you are tightening these muscles on the front side without doing anything to oppose that, building up the muscles on the back and shoulders, you're going to get poor posture over time. Your shoulders are going to start to creep forward and you're not going to be able to pull them back actively as well. What that does is when you're here, instead of here, you know it as a director, it's a different sound when a student isn't standing up straight or isn't using good posture. They physically, you can do this right now, lean over, lean forward, take a big breath in, Now sit up tall, try that again. You're able to expand your lungs more when you have better posture. So posture matters. The things that you are doing matters to um, the output that your students are able to achieve on the field. So don't reinforce with one exercise or don't make sure you're doing things for both sides of your body, not just one. A lot of groups get in the habit of just doing calf raises as an exercise without ever working their shin muscles. When you're forward marching or roll step, you got to have really strong shin muscles. If you're just working your calves, 
you may end up getting some shin splints because you've got a muscle imbalance issue there. You're never developing the other side of the equation. The last one that I'm gonna mention is no balance training. Wherever you are, if you're behind a desk right now, if you're listening to me while you're walking, I want you to try this. I want you to stand on just your right leg. Stand up, stand on just your right leg, one leg. Most of your time marching and performing and dancing is spent on one leg, not two. Not until you get to a hold do you actually have both feet in contact with the ground for the majority of the time. Think running, think sprinters. It's usually one leg pushing them at a time and that's alternating. All right, if you're doing that, stop. So make sure that you are also incorporating balance training into your day-to-day -day fundamentals. That may mean adding up and forward, down and forward style exercise, or that may mean adding some static balance changes and dynamic balance exercises into what we do. That's something we teach with Marching Health. When we get out there and do clinics with groups, we have them learn how to stand on one leg first, then learn how to stand on one leg with your eyes closed because when you're performing, you can't look down at the ground. You got to be performing up to the audience. You need to learn balance with your visual field taken away so that you are accustomed to not relying on looking down at the ground. If you have students, especially young students that are so worried about where they're going on the field, that they're trying to latch onto the yard lines around them, or they're trying to dress to the person that's directly in front of them by watching them the whole time, instead of getting away from that and using their peripheral vision and using their senses, start having them close their eyes during some of the static exercises that you do during rehearsal. That's also gonna help prevent some injuries like ankle sprains because you're developing what's called proprioception in your joints. You're building awareness. So you get those young students, I hate to say it, but it's always the young freshman boys that are not growing into their bodies yet and they're super goofy. If you start doing some balance training for them, they're gonna get a little bit more coordination, just one day at a time, keep hammering home the balance training and that skill will improve. It's a skill you have to practice just like anything else, any music exercise, make sure you're practicing some balance exercises with that. So take a holistic approach to what you were doing from a program protocol and guideline wise to the health of your program and make sure you're incorporating some of these ideas message me, shoot a direct message to Marching Health, or you can email me, Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T, at marchinghealth.com, and we can talk about how to implement some of those concepts with your band program. That's what we do. That's what Marching Health is all about. We want students to be healthy and be performing their best. We don't want them sitting out on the sideline, and we don't want them performing poorly just because they didn't do the right thing health-wise.